0: Good morning, my church family of Naples. It's a little bit strange for me to still say that, as though I have not yet been installed as your pastor, it is a great privilege for me to come and speak to you this morning to bring you this Sabbath's message. I know that I'm looking forward to this opportunity of coming and 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 growing with you, uh, but when that happens, I, it will not be done virtually it will be done live. So this morning I want to take the opportunity to spend a few moments with you in, in the Word. Uh, we're going to spend a few minutes this morning looking at one of my favorite books of the Bible, which is the book of, book of Ephesians. Ephesians uh, chapter 5 verses 1 and 2. So I, before I begin, I'd like to invite you to bow your heads with me as we pray. Father God, as we are going to dive in into the the, the sermon this morning, the, the scriptures, and, and and what you have in mind for us. I pray, Father, that you guide us through your spirit, that you enable us to um, hear your still small voice. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. This um, I want to share with you the text for which we are going to base our, our sermon uh, from this morning from. It's found, as I said earlier, Ephesians chapter 5 verses 1 and 2, and it says this, Therefore, be imitators of God, as beloved children, and walk in love, as Christ loved us and gave himself for us, a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. Walking is an interesting way to describe a relationship, isn't it? To walk in, in a way in which you are evidencing something. Here the text talks about to walk in love. How can putting one foot in front of the other over some distance without falling epitomize a relationship with Jesus? It's interesting that when we think about relationships, it's something that just doesn't happen overnight. I remember when I first started dating my wife and and we were excited to just hang out with each other and so I invited her to go on a walk and it was a Sabbath afternoon it was a beautiful day and I invited her to come and walk the uh, Clinton the Wachusett reservoir the Clinton reservoir in Massachusetts back then this is all pre 911 so it was open to everybody we could come and, and walk and 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 walk along the dam and and walk on the trails around it but when 9-11 hit they closed it off and it became closed for quite a long time but i remember when you go down into those into the deep steer a uh, staircase that leads down to the water fountain and you curve around the road into um a bridge there's a trail that's that off the beaten path that you have to walk, but it's a narrow trail, narrow trail. When I picked up my wife, my girlfriend at the time, she was dressed like she was going out on, on a dinner date, not on a hike. And I thought to myself, man, this is gonna be interesting. So we started going down, it was all paved, it was cement. And uh, walkways until we got to the trail. She was wearing this high heel, uh, rubber sole. I don't, I don't know what you call those things. But as as we started to walk, the the trail, as I said earlier, was was narrow. And I started to go. I said, "Here, just follow my lead." She started to walk, and it was it was a dirt path narrow dirt path on one side it's a 15-foot drop to the water and the other side is just an embankment and we started to I started to walk ahead of her and she came behind me and all of a sudden she slipped and she fell into the water and as I turned around I heard the noise of her falling she didn't scream. She didn't do anything. All I heard was something like the noises of somebody tripping. And I look back and I remember like as, as if it was yesterday. Everything just kind of happened in slow motion. She had her glasses up on her head to hold her hair from coming to her in front of her eyes. And, and she's quickly going, putting her hand over her head, trying to prevent... From losing the sunglasses. And and she's trying to look up to see if she can grab onto anything. And I'm looking on this and I'm just frozen. And she falls into the water. And people that are walking by are looking at this scene. I quickly made my way down to help her out. But she's soaking wet. At that moment, I didn't know what was going to happen from there on out. From that moment, I didn't know how she would react. If she would be upset, if she was going to be angry, yelling, screaming, frustrated, hurt even. Uh, and, and so the first thing that I asked was, are you okay? And she just started to laugh. And, and I'm like, okay, are you okay? And she's like, yeah, I'm fine. And, and she looked at me and said, well, so much for staying dry. And so she walked out of the, the water and, and, and put her shoes in her hand. And we started to hike up along the rocks that used to be a stream. And, and we hiked up all the way till we got to the top of the uh, trail that led us to the top of the dam. So we went all the way around. But what that told me from the very moment is that a walk with somebody reveals a lot about themselves as well the things that happen along the, along the way the the circumstances the uh, unforeseen events that that take place reveal a lot about an individual and at that moment I knew she was a keeper I knew that this is a girl that can take uh something completely unexpected and and be okay with it and we had a great time so much so that back then you know there was no Instagram Facebook or or anything like that and uh, there was a photographer that came and, and was taking pictures and then by the end of the the walk he came over and said, hey do you guys mind if I post this uh, the pictures I've taken of you guys walking up the trail together um, on on the local Cable News as just a leisurely walk. And we both agreed and and we were okay with that. So a walk with somebody can reveal a lot about their character. And a walk with God is life changing. When we look at this text, it says, therefore be imitators of God as, as beloved children and walk in love We need to take a step back and and look at how the text begins. I'm a huge proponent of context, and you're going to hear me say this over and over again. Context is everything. And so this verse starts with the word therefore. One of my professors said that if the word therefore is there, it is there for a reason. When we look at this context of the therefore, we find that therefore is is, is um, goes back. It connects. It's a connecting word from the previous statement. Paul is making an argument in chapter four, verses twenty-five to thirty-two, that you have to understand as a result of him concluding this argument. Now we can understand. what he's leading to, and this is where we find ourselves. So we have to also look at the previous context. So let's look at this. uh, Ephesians chapter 4, verses 25 through 32, and it says this, Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor. For, For we, members, one of another, for we are members one of another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let go of the sun. Do not let the sun go down in your anger and give no opportunity for the, the devil. Let the thief go longer. no longer steal, but rather let him labor doing honest work with his own hands, so that he may have something to share with you. anyone in need. Let no corrupting talk Be kind to one another, tender hearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. Now, it's also interesting here that the word therefore statement that links it to the previous statement in chapter 4, verse 17 through 24. And there, there's another statement that says there's also a therefore that links the previous statement in chapter 4, verses 1 through 16. And which also starts with a therefore statement that links it to the previous chapter, chapter 3, verses 20 to 22. This last, therefore, Paul is Paul's prayer, a calling for us to look to God, a God that is able to do far more than we can fathom on our behalf. The word that is used there far more is the word hyper or hyper in, in, in the Greek, where we have hyper drive, far, far more drive. I'm, I'm a big fan of uh, of science fiction. I love Star Trek uh, and, and Star Wars. And so they, they, they talk about hyper drive as going to this far more speed than, than they could achieve before. Hyper, over, a lot more. God is is able to do a lot more on our behalf than we can even imagine. Let that sink in for a minute. How many times have you and I gone to God and asked, "Lord, can you just do me do this for me?" and and, and we limit the th- we almost put handcuffs on God on on what our expectations of what he can do for us because when we are asking, we're asking for such small things in comparison to what he could do for us some you know it, it, it's no secret let me just be share my heart with you guys a, a little bit here my wife and I are are looking to to for a place to live and so we are asking Lord we this is what we would like but I know that God can do so much he can open doors he can provide anything. But that's the the, the point that that Paul is trying to make is that we should not limit what God can do for us by us imposing him our expectations. It should be us allowing God to impose on us what he would like to do so that he can utilize our lives in a way that will best serve him. How, How would that change for you? What are some of the things that you are looking forward to that you would like to see God intervene on your behalf? And so when we have this understanding that God can do far more than what we can understand, far more than what we can grasp, far more than what we can even imagine, far more than what we even want. You know, David David wrote that the Lord is my shepherd. I, I shall not need anything. No, 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 Pastor. Hart. I think that says, "And the Lord is my shepherd, and I shall not want." That exact, but that's exactly the translation from the Hebrew to the contemporary English is that I will not be in need. In other words, God is going to do far more than what I expect in order so that all my basic needs are met. Sometimes He says, "Wait." Sometimes He says, "I got you." Here you go. Sometimes He says, Mm-mm, "Nope." Not yet, or no, it's not for you. But that's another sermon in of itself. But consequently, this is the reason why he begins with this in chapter four, verse one. He begins with with this, therefore, because he is connecting all the other elements of the therefores all the way from this prayer in chapter three, and he says, therefore. Walk in love. But let's tune in to um, Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4 verses 1 through 6. And there in Ephesians chapter 4, 1 through 6, Paul says something really interesting. He begins to describe, it's almost as if these verses are a summary. Of what he was saying before. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1 through 6. And it says that I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy. Of the calling which you are called. Worthy of the calling. You know that that is the purpose that God has given to each and every one of us? A calling. We are to work, to walk, worthy of that calling. But wait a minute. Well, Pastor, what about, what is my calling? Well, let's check this out. I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of your calling, with which you are called, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long-suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called in one hope, of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and Father of all, who is above all, and through all, and in you all. But here, here is is what we need to start looking at the breakdown. But, to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he led captive captive and gave gifts to men. Now this he ascended when he does it. What does it mean but that he also first descended into the lower parts of the earth? He who descended is also the one who was ascended far above the heavens that he might fill all things. And he gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Till we all come to the unity of faith and all the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed in and in, in fro, to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine, but the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness, craftiness of the deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head of the Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. See, this is spiritual gifts here, calling, because you have a calling. You know, when we go on a walk with with God, it's not so much that we are wanting to be in His presence. Because as as a natural sinful human being, we shine away from the presence of holiness. Because we are automatically looking at ourselves as unworthy. But Paul clears this all, all this 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 idea up early in the early chapters because before the foundations of the world, the the plan of redemption was set in place for you and I, so that we may believe. So because we he knew we would think and we would be accused of not being worthy by the devil. But God said no 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 he's mine, he's mine. And so because he's mine, I'm going to equip him. I'm going to give him or her this. Gift sets that is gonna help him and her grow, not just my kingdom, but grow in their walk with me. To walk in love is nothing more than to walk, fulfilling the the desires that God had in store for us. To walk in love is to fulfill the spiritual gifts. Well, Pastor, I'm I'm not, I'm not a preacher, I'm not a, I'm an apostle, I'm not a prophet, I'm not an evangelist. I'm not a teacher. Well, some of you may be. You just don't know it yet. See, God wants you and I to grow in our relationship with him. By walking together in love. A relationship of love. Because he does not, he will never make you choose something that you don't want to do. He will never make that. The devil will. But not Jesus. Not God. And not the Holy Spirit. So I want to remind you that this is a very important concept to understand. That to walk in love means that we are walking together, hand in hand, with Jesus. You know, when my wife, girlfriend at the time, we were walking up the trail, there were occasions where I would help, uh, extend my hand to, to hold her hand and getting to help her through some of the, those rocky terrains. But the point that, Jesus, that that Paul is making here is that we all, we all need to understand what the purpose of our calling is. You see, he, but he doesn't stop here. Paul contrasts this life of of calling, of walking in love with the difference between the Gentile and the Christian. The Gentile and the Christians, they they are different. See, there's an intellectual factor that's being alluded here, and it's something that encompasses everybody. Let's look at verse 19, chapter 4. It says, who, being past feelings, have been given themselves over to lewdness to work to, all, to work all uncleanliness with greediness. This is the difference between the child of God and those that do not belong to Jesus. When you are a child of God you and, and you walk with Christ in love, you're going to mirror his love. You're going to put others before yourself. And when you don't do this, you are walking... For yourself, you see, and, and here's the, the amazing thing: to walk in love means that you have to allow yourself to be vulnerable, vulnerable with with Jesus. You have to allow yourself to allow Him to speak to you in a way that it may hurt sometimes. It may feel uncomfortable, but it's all done to build you up. You know, my son is is learning the difference between being called out because he's done something wrong and being called out to be taught something, and there's a difference. And so whenever we we try to instruct him, he always thinks he's done something wrong. I said, no, son, you haven't done anything wrong yet, but you can do this better. And so he, as he begins to understand this idea that just because we are instructing him doesn't mean that necessarily he he has done anything wrong. we It is also in the same way in which when we walk with Jesus and he instructs us, Sometimes he's going to tell us what we're doing wrong, but sometimes he also say, you can do this better. So when we we come to chapter 5, he says this, Be imitators of God, dear children. Walk in love, as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to, to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. And later, in Chapter 5, there are three other forms of walks. There's a walk in love, a walk in light, a walk in wisdom. All of these are manners in in how we ought to walk as children of God. There's so much more to to go here, and one day I'm going to preach a sermon series just on the book of Ephesians. But this morning I want to challenge you with this particular text. How are you walking today? When people look at you, do they see a child of God? Or do they see something else? When you read what Paul writes here in Ephesians, are you imitating God? Are you putting others before yourself? Are you putting things above God? Are you valuing the things that don't raise your relationship to a higher level with God as a priority in your life? That's why to be an imitator of God is not to be perfect in the sense of sinlessness, but is to be walking in love. See that is, this makes complete sense because when you open when, when you open the, the book of Ephesians, one of the very few, one of the very first cha- uh, words that Paul has written there clarifies and expounds on this very concept because when God loved us, He says in verse chapter 1, verse 4, just as he chose us in Jesus before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in what? In love. Having predestined us to adoption. And I'm going to close with this statement. When the Bible, when Paul talks about being adopted, Paul is is referring to a, a particular privilege that was only afforded to Roman c- uh, citizens. I was not born in this country. I am Brazilian by birth and an American by choice. And until I became an American citizen, I could not vote. I could do everything I, I as a resident, as a legal resident. I could do everything but vote. I could claim Social Security. I could do everything. I couldn't become president because I was not born here. I couldn't I could run for vice president but I don't want to and don't think I ever will. But I can only run for president as an American citizen or excuse me vice president as an American citizen. As an American citizen. But when you are a citizen of a certain country you can do things that you could not do before. And Paul is using the same language, the same metaphor to describe somebody who was who came into slavery. Though we were a slave to sin, okay, and Paul outlines this throughout Romans. We were a slave to sin, we have become adopted. And this is also another language in, in the book of Romans. So to be adopted means to, to be partakers of every divine right that a legitimate child would have as opposed to somebody being adopted. And so so today we have this idea that being adopted is to be less. But in, in this menta- mentality that Paul's talking about, to be an adopted son of God means that you have every single right as if you were Jesus himself. That's why in Revelation it says that to him who overcomes, I will grant him to sit on my throne. Only princes, only heirs, only those who have, who are in the same lineage as Jesus are able to sit in a throne. You don't put a pauper in the place of a king. You put a prince, you put a princess. You put a future king, a future queen. My brothers and sisters in Naples, I can't wait to develop this idea with you more but this morning i want you to understand this you are a child of god either you know it or not before the foundation of the world god chose you so therefore walk as a children of god. be imitators of god and walk in love with one another May God bless you. May God continue to enrich you. And may he continue to grow you and develop you into becoming a child of God. The the future king and the future queen that he has already chosen you to become. The choice is yours. The choice is yours to accept it or to deny it. Or to come back. I pray that you make this decision, and you make this decision soon. May God bless you. Have a wonderful Sabbath, and I look forward to seeing you soon. God bless.